full service radio. Welcome to Window Seat, recorded live from the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Broadcast on full service radio and presented by Amila. The Adams Morgan Youth Leadership Academy, a youth leadership development platform. I am one of your hosts. I'm Chris Price. I have with me Mr. Francis. What's up, going on? What's up? Nothing much. And we have Jack in the back as always. Yep. I'm, I'm, I like how smooth this intro is getting, Chris. I'm working on my voice, man. It's good. I'm working on my voice. It's real good. Um, so if you haven't caught Window Seat before, we're two guys trying to help you expand. Yeah. We want you to, to be aware of what's possible. Yeah. We've had some pretty good shows in the past. Yeah. Um, I like uh, Dion. Dion Reader. She was running uh, for um, council member. She's a lifelong Washingtonian, and we got to talk to her about opening a business and, and running for uh, the council seat being the second hardest thing she's done behind, run, behind opening her business and why she felt uh, compelled to run for office. So that was enlightening and encouraging. And you know one of my guys is um, the rapper we had on Kingpin Slim. Kingpin. You always talk about Kingpin. I really enjoyed that episode. I did, too, actually. Yeah, I, I just I like the history behind the music. I like the hustle that it takes to become to get in the right place where people can hear your music. Mm-hmm. I liked his energy on the mic, so that's a good episode to check out. Can I just say something real quick too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that um, description you gave Chris of window seat is the best I've heard it. That's the most succinct. <laughs> you said two guys trying to help you grow. I like, I like that, and it's it, I think that's something that he we're learning about ourselves and about the show. Well, I'm I'm a curious person yeah. in general, so. This allows me to exercise my curiosity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of guests that we get excited about are always bringing something to help our listeners and us grow, including our, today's guest. So I'm excited about today's guest because so I meditate. I meditate. I had a, we had a long weekend. It's the holiday season right now. I was in Miami with my mother, and she has like a beautiful backyard. And when you don't have time, when you're not working every day, it's really easy to get up and do what you would naturally do if you didn't have to be at your nine to five. So every morning I would get up, um, meditate, take some time to affirm myself and pray. It was just like my natural routine. And I realized at that time that I liked myself more. Um, when I meditate, like when I do it on a daily basis, it's it just like that routine for me, it might shift uh, my natural state of being by one degree, but that one degree matters. I like approaching the day from that standpoint. So we're lucky enough to have with us here um, a meditate, a mindfulness teacher. And coach. And he, coach. Yeah, he's the co-founder and managing director of the Institute of African American Mindfulness. Uh, I a A M. That's a lot. It's called I am. <laughs> I am. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, we Look at me. <laughs> right over your head. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I am is a DC based nonprofit that provides community based programs dedicated to providing opportunities for African Americans and people of color to practice living mindfully and in community. Uh Mr. Rashid Hughes. Yo, what's up? What's up? Yeah, Glad we- to be back. Thank you for coming back. Yeah, no doubt. So the last episode for those uh, keeping count was in May. Yeah, was, I think so. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was some time ago. It was some episode episode fifteen on yeah. the iTunes feed. I think it was the first time that we actually went silent for about ten seconds on the show because we uh, you helped us meditate. Yeah. I remember yeah. it was powerful. Um, I did a lot more research this show than I did last show, mm-hmm. um, and where do I want to start? One of the things that came across that you kept bringing in was to well, first let's let's what is mindfulness? Let me start there for the listeners. So that's always changing for me, but I guess right now um, what I'm kind of rolling with is mindfulness is the practice of carefully paying attention to what's happening in the present moment as it's happening, as it's going on, um, and also 
knowing how we're relating to what's happening. So maybe any reactions or kind of like some grasping towards what's happening or any type of aversion towards what's happening. But really the practice of carefully attending to what's going on in the present moment. That's a, a, a definition of mindfulness that I've never heard before. Uh. Usually, so I accidentally really started to learn more about um, mindfulness. Not accidentally, but um, after our show, uh, I was started doing yoga, mm-hmm. uh, Bikram yoga. Yeah. And the yoga instructor uh, goes to Self-Realization Fellowship, which is a, a meditative um, group and I learned I read books and I started going to meditate with her and um, yeah it just it for me and I guess what I've learned being mindful is is not, I, I guess it is what you said more learning about yourself or being aware of where you are would uh, you would you say go ahead would you say this is a spiritual practice Mm-hmm. Uh, a ritual, a science. How would you define? Um, I think it can be all of those for different people. I don't think it's limited to one, you know, to one one thing. Um, for for me personally, I consider it to be a spiritual practice because um, it helps me to get a deeper understanding of who I am as mm-hmm. an individual. But it also helps me to expand my understanding of who I am um, in relation to the broader world. So it, it deepens my relationship with self, but it also doesn't stop there. It helps me to go beyond a limited idea of who I am and to see myself being connected to, to all things and all people. So for me, that's that's what spirituality is about. The connection, the underlying connection. Yeah, not stopping with, with being an individual, but going beyond that and seeing how the individual is made up of everything around it. So let's say you're in a circumstance where you might be feeling nervous, right? We're recording a podcast right mm-hmm. now. Before you learn to be mindful, mm-hmm. what was your approach in that feeling and what is your approach now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before I, I got introduced to to mindfulness, I probably would have had a little more thought activity around what's going on, mm-hmm. like in my body, like the, the butterflies, and I probably would have had a little more um, more of a sense of striving to, to get rid of the butterflies, trying to avoid it, to put it to an end, to stop it. But now, since I've, I've begun to practice mindfulness more, I have a sense of an awareness of, of what's going on without the need to necessarily interfere with what's going on. So it allows it to have room to be there, to be alive. Like, I, I allow the, the nerves to be alive. I allow the, the butterflies to be in my stomach by acknowledging them first just noting oh i'm nervous right now that's the first step just acknowledging it and actually sensing into my body to see where do i feel this nervousness in my body and then lastly can can i just allow it to be there without without having to do anything for a moment and and seeing how the attitude of allowing um what what type of experience does that create within oneself versus the attitude of, of needing to fix or get rid of the it sounds to me please tell me if I'm wrong what you do in essence is create space between you and that emotion or the moment that's happening yeah so not not in the sense of a separation like there's me and the emotion that's part of it through the acknowledging it right so it's like i i can identify that there's an emotion present right but the ultimate idea with mindfulness from my perspective is then really allowing myself to become really attuned to what that emotion feels like on an experiential level so 
I name it, there's an emotion. I can feel the physical aspect of the emotion happening in my stomach right now. Right. And then after that, it would be how I would approach it would be more from the perspective of how can I become as intimate with this feeling that's happening in my body as possible without being controlled by it? How does that help? Help with what? So if you're feeling nervous, how does that help you deal with whatever you're nervous about or angry or fearful? Yeah. So it, 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 it really, it really brings a, a quality of care and love into the picture. And ease because normally when there's fear or nervousness present the natural reaction um, to my mind in most cases is to like escape and get away so then there's this battle happening there's this this uh, this conflict going on with inside of me to what's actually going on in my experience so when I'm able to pause acknowledge tune into and sense into what's going on it's less of this duality happening with what is and with what I want to be here. So it's more so of a deep, it's like a surrender that happens, but I'm understanding and I'm aware the entire time. There is a, I, I want to get personal for a second. <laughs> I, and I'm sorry. I've been, I feel like this is not the right thing to do like for a show, but just do it. I just, I just have this <laughs> feeling that I, I just have to, right? So, and, I, and maybe I said this because I just wanted to say it and I was like, wanted to get to this personal shit. Mm-hmm. But, and the reason why I mentioned this self-realization fellowship is because I started doing this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And it felt, I'm sorry. Why does it got to be shit? I don't know. This is the place <laughs> that I'm in today. <laughs> and it felt good. It's not, I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah. Right? It, it felt good. And a lot of the things you're talking about, I was there. I felt... My days were a lot easier. They weren't perfect, but they, they went a lot smoother. Things didn't bother me. I didn't uh, think so much about things. Um, I, knew, I knew different tools to, to fall back on when I started to feel a certain way. I was more in touch with how I was feeling, what caused it, and I could address it a lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, shit, things happened, and I stopped... You know, it started with me doing the uh, meditation thing that I was doing on Sundays. I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped doing yoga. And then I stopped going to the gym. And then that voice in my head started to, I started to hear it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then I started to pay attention to it mm-hmm. a lot more. And then I, it, it started to talk a lot. Like it grew. The more I paid attention to it, the more it grew. And I realized when I was doing these different mindfulness uh, techniques, whether it be meditation, yoga, whatever, um, the voice was there, but I didn't. It was it was like Rashid talking, right? Right. I would hear it talking. I was like, oh, Rashid just said, or my voice, the, the shit in my head just said, that's interesting. You know what I mean? I right. didn't uh, focus on it as much as I do now. How do I get back to that place? One, well, how did you get to the place that you're in now? Because it sounds like you're extra, even more peaceful than I remember you being the last time you were here. And so how do I get back to that place? What do you say? I have a lot of questions, but what do you say to, for somebody that's me that, that sees himself going down this path of regression? I don't know if it's growth or regression. Um, and I don't want to hear this fucking voice anymore. Like Damn. it's, I mean, I don't. It's pissing me off, but life is pissing me off. I'm blaming it on life, like mm-hmm. these experiences that are happening that's causing me to have these thoughts. Um but I know I can tell myself based on a few things that I've learned that it's not life. It's me. And it's really simple to say I'm not listening anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to when I hear this voice, I know I have the enough information to say this is the things that I'm going to do. But I can't do it. I'm so focused on what's happening. People make me so angry. Experiences make me so frustrated or disappointed or hurt or you understand, like everything you're saying sounds good, and it sound you are in a great place. You can and tell, I, yeah. And I would, I feel like I was headed to uh, down a path to get where you are, but right now I'm not, and it pisses me off. How do I get 
back to where I was and then continue to get to where you are. I'm sorry that was a lot, but this might be an angry interview for I me, guys. Like you just let go I'm sorry, but I got I'm 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 this is the place that I'm in today and it's not Yeah. Did you get all that, Rashid? Uh, I can yeah. say it again. I got all that. All right. <laughs> yeah, so so what I hear you saying is that for a while you were doing these practices and it was working and you were seeing some results. I felt amazing. You felt great. Yeah. And I was excited about continuing it because I felt the growth. mm -hmm. But now, for some reason, that's no longer happening, right? Right. So you want to see how to get back there. And yes. And not only for me. All right. Imagine someone who didn't get to see it. So they're hearing what you're saying and they're like, well, when I smoke, I feel like how Rashid feels. So I just keep smoking. Mm -hmm. Weed. Mm-hmm. I gotta be. I gotta be clear. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or just people that drink and they they have their vices, right? Or they're just in an angry place and they're like, I ain't got time for that meditative shit. My, you know, girl is getting on my fucking nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with mindfulness, the the practice is to always start with where you are. Mm-hmm. You can never get off the path. But the most important thing is to remember to carefully start with this moment right now. So I can't give you kind of like a map or some instructions about if you do this, then this is going to happen. Right. But from what I'm hearing you say, you're communicating that you are aware that at one point in your life when you were doing these practices, you felt great. Yeah. And it was you were seeing some results that were supporting your well-being. Absolutely. I know it works. So you know it works. So I guess my question would be why not just do it? No, not no. why not just do it, but but more so um what were you doing at yeah. that point in your life that helped you to to access that that space and that ease that you were that you were referring to? Uh, it started from a place of... Is this a question? Yeah. It started from a place of just being hurt and, and, not, and, and not happy with a lot of things that were going on in my life. And then feeling like I was getting messages from, you know, interviewing people like you mm-hmm. or uh, a random person giving me a book or mm-hmm. listening to a podcast that led me to it seemed like it was let leading me to the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, all right, I'll read this book or I'll mm-hmm. go to this yoga class. And then, you know, talking to the yoga instructor, it's like, Oh, it's leading me to here. So, all right, so I'll go. So really just following what I view now as signs that took me to that place and mm-hmm. really being open to it because I needed to get out of, I knew what I, the things that I were do was doing wasn't working and I wanted to do something different and I was willing to try anything. Mm-hmm. So I tried that. Yeah, shit work. So at some point you 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 stop doing those practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I think that I I uh, thought I didn't need to as much, right? So mm-hmm. it was things are good. I know I can meditate at home, mm-hmm. so I don't need to go to this joint on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, I'll say it started with that, and then um, yeah. So at, some, so at some point, the consistency began to, to stop right. and diminish. Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I encourage people to, to develop a sense of consistency with whatever was working with you regarding those mindfulness practices. So for me personally, it's my goal to make sure I, did, I get um, mindfulness practice in before I leave the house, like actually sitting down and doing formal mindfulness practices with paying attention to my breathing, observing the in-breath and the out-breath, you know, taking some time to, to actually to observe how my body feels, like actually, you know, dedicating some time in the morning to create a routine to support, to support me beginning my day. That's something that's very important to me. Um, so it's, it's all about really finding what works for you and, and, seeing, and seeing how you can what, what might need to happen in order to get you into that space that you were in. 
Yeah. I, I th- I'm sorry. I'm going to say this and then. Uh, so I guess for me, and it, it sounds kind of stupid now that I'm saying it out loud, but for me, uh, it's like I know it works, right? And mm-hmm. I pro- And I know that if I made certain sacrifices or commitments to getting back into my routine, I would probably have get back to where mm-hmm. I was and improve. Mm-hmm. However, I'm so involved in the things that are happening around me and the things that are happening in my head, I can't. Yeah. Or I can, but I'm I it's hard to separate from it enough to say I'm I'm gonna do these things. Yes. Right. So one one thing I'm gonna interject, one thing that I would recommend is let go of the desire to get back to where you were. Just like forget about that and just start fresh. Just start with where you are. Because if you're trying to get back to where you were, there's, there's already a sense of, of judgment about where I am is not good enough. Oh, uh, okay. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that goes back to the creating that conflict between where you are or what's happening right now and where you want to be. So the idea with mindfulness is refining our attention and, and coming back closer to what's actually going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the thoughts in your head, being aware of those and beginning to connect with your breathing when you become aware of those thoughts. But really utilizing the suffering and the pain in your life that's happening right now as a starting ground for, for your healing or for what, or, or yeah, the starting ground for the process of, of, um, of healing, but not having too much of your attention focused on results or where you used to be, because this practice is really stressing the importance that that you can be free and you can have ease in this moment, not the next moment. Okay. Yeah. I think one of the things that strikes me about you, mm-hmm. Amrashid, is you seem to allow the moment. And B, even here, he seems very, very present. So one of the things I came across when I was doing some research. It reminds me of Eckhart a little bit. Yes. One of the things I came across <laughs> was um, someone on a TED Talk, and she was basically saying that when you allow yourself this moment, when you're kind to yourself in that manner, the stuff that you give attention to grows, right? So if I'm consistently kind in a moment right now to myself, with however I'm feeling, I don't do it judgmental. Like, because I noticed last last interview, I don't know if you said this interview, there's also a perspective you give your feelings. You don't just acknowledge, it's almost like you're kind to and how you view your feelings. Absolutely. Right. And that seems like it grows. Yeah. It, it seems like it grows. It seems you allow us to dominate the conversation if we need to. Because, I don't know, it just, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, so, you know. A critical aspect of mindfulness is the practice of allowing and accepting, right? And the idea behind allowing and accepting is that it creates more space for us to be with what's going on and and the intensity of what's happening. What about if you want something, though? What about it? Well, if if your expectations aren't met. No. So we, I believe we're taught as a society that if you want something, you go get it. Mm-hmm. Or you work towards it. And then allowing, in a way, kind of makes it seem like you just sit back and allow it to come to you. Yeah. Or whatever comes to you, you just be happy with it. So how does someone who isn't comfortable with allowing or they don't know that practice? Or even you. Do you ever get to a point where you say, I want her. Absolutely. Or I want that car or that type Absolutely. of car. So what do you do? You just say I want it, and then just sit back and and allow. How does that work for you? So for me, it's nothing wrong with wanting or desiring. Mindfulness, carefully paying attention to what's going on, also helps me to understand if my allowing and my wanting and my desiring. It's taking me to a space that prevents me from actually being intimate with what's actually going on right now. So it's not that desiring, having wants, having, you know, having feelings, having dreams, having goals. It's not it's not disregarding all of those things. 
but it is it is really highlighting that there seems to be a deeper quality quality of ease and and peace when our attention isn't given fully to results or fully to where we used to be but actually giving the the majority of our energy to what's going on right now so when the desire comes i note it it's desire i want this you know i want sugar i want i want salt i want it can be anything you know it's not like there are categories of wants there are categories of need you know desires all of that stuff it's all desire so without without the the additional judgments and um criticisms of having desire that makes it more available for for me to see and accept oh i'm i'm having a desire right now and i can choose whether or not i want to follow this desire and this urge or i can choose to just do whatever i need to do Because to 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 make sure that I, i i make a decision that that serves my my deepest and and highest good it sounds like because you're aware of the emotion you're experiencing you're not a victim to it you can choose to validate that emotion or let that emotion go on exactly okay you so may- if you're just joining us you're listening to window seat mm-hmm. we have rasheed hughes here Um, We're talking about mindfulness. There's a lot going on. But I feel like we kind of skipped over a very important part. Um, The when I hear mindfulness, I think of being present. That's one of the things I try to affirm myself and say, affirm myself and say, I'm present in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong in thinking that? Is it more than that? No, that's that's a that's a, a, a critical part of mindfulness. So when I don't know if you saw a hitch. Will Smith movie yeah. but at the very beginning he's giving a monologue and he's talking to these guys about how to win these women over mm-hmm. and he's like pay attention to what's actually being said so you can respond with a good response in a moment and not just be like oh your hair looks great mm-hmm. what other benefits do I get from being mindful what am, what am I missing is there anything that I might not see from here that I would start to get So all I can do is speak from my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. The greatest benefit that I've received from practicing mindfulness is the ability to love and accept myself as I am in this moment. In this moment. I love that. Right now. And then. So. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then if the next moment you have another a thought that could be viewed as negative. You so, love and accept yourself in that moment as well. That's, that's not guaranteed, but at least there's the aspiration for me to deepen my love and deepen my ability to accept myself. So I said this moment because, like you said, five minutes from now, I might, I might have thoughts that are very judgmental and self-critical. But because I, I'm... I'm consistently coming back to the present moment by paying attention to the feeling of my body sitting in a chair or my feet touching the ground or noticing if I'm breathing in or out. That helps me to, to drop back to what's going on now. And it creates a pattern. It creates a healthy habit of, of really being with myself ongoingly you know and the more like any any relationship the more you spend time with anything the the relationship begins to to blossom in some way so for me it's it's really about deepening that self-love and deepening um acceptance and and that that comes from intentionally paying attention to myself through a lens of 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 acceptance yeah. real quick i want to jump in because something that you do also 
is when you speak, and this is something I try to teach all the hosts to do too, is to not be afraid of silence. And you're doing that so well. And it's like <laughs> the words are, have so much more meaning when you stop to think about like, what am I saying? What's the next word I'm going to use yeah. to try to articulate this? It's crazy. Um, and I think it's hard. I think it's hard for myself. I've been doing radio for almost 10 years and I still have to train myself to do that because naturally when we talk especially in a mic it's you want to fill it with um you know this uh you you know like that (laughs) (laughs) jack gave the example of howard stern for that i remember exactly yeah and that's why i was going to say you reminded well that's why i said you reminded me of eckhart tolle because he has a very peaceful presence and when i was watching i used to watch youtube videos of him all the time and he would be given seminars and someone would ask him a question and it'd be a, he could sit there for a minute because he's actually thinking about the question. And he said and he said when he gives speeches, he doesn't write out his speeches. He goes to wherever it is he's going. He knows what the speech is going to be about. And he just allows the words to come to him. And it seems like that's what you're doing. You haven't it doesn't seem like you've prepared to come to this show and speak about a specific a particular topic aside from mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So when you hear the question, you're actually hearing a question for the first time, not referring to previous thoughts about how I should respond. And react, then, yeah. yeah, and then you're you're actually responding. So which if we're doing what Jack says we do, which I know I do in life, I'm probably not thinking about or listening enough to whoever it is i'm communicating with i'm operating more from my mind than being present in that uh conversation so you know what the secret is just pausing and stop stopping that's all i'm doing and i'm i'm feeling like i'm feeling the nervousness and the the awkwardness of of pausing in the middle of an interview but like I said, it's paying attention non-judgmentally of what's happening. And because I do my best to pause and to tune into my breathing every time I sit down in my car, every time I put my hands on the steering wheels, when I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm walking, because I do it so much, I'm beginning to become okay with pausing in moments where normally it's like, oh shit, what's happening? You know, it's like no words are coming to my mind, so I'm a pause, you know. And all I'm doing when I'm pausing is really feeling my feet touching the ground. <laughs> it's not really like I'm doing like some, some deep spiritual, um, you know, modality. I'm feeling my feet touching the ground like everybody else's feet are touching the ground. I'm feeling my breath going in and out. And that kind of that kind of holds me in a in a with a, a quality of love in that moment because I'm not I'm not up in here when I'm pausing. So I'm not thinking about what what my next words are. I'm more so focused on holding myself in this moment of awkwardness when I have no idea what to say. So that quality of attention is very important. Mm-hmm. You know how you how I relate to what's happening. You know, and that just takes practice. Do you are you a father? No. Nope. Can I can I ask because we spoke about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I notice the way the language around mindfulness is structured. You say you practice practice mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So the importance, like, what is the importance of practice? Practicing mindfulness, like the word practice, because practice to me means something that I try over and over to get better at. Like I developed this talent. Is it the same thing for you? Do you feel like like it, it's grown? Yeah, so it's, when I, when I say practice, it's, I'm using that word intentionally to highlight that I constantly have to, to bring my attention back to this present moment. Because like everybody else, I'm, I have mine. I have thoughts that come through. Images come through. You know, doubts and fear and guilt and shame, all types of stuff comes through my mind. So, so I get carried away from actually being here in this moment. I'm like, glad you said that because yeah. hearing you talk makes it sound as if you don't have those things because you practice mindfulness. No, and, okay. that's, that's absolutely 
not the case. Okay. So yeah. you struggle with a lot of the things that I'm describing. Yeah, it's from it's a part of it's a part of my life and mindfulness helps me to care for myself as as I'm dealing with those things. Okay. So you it does in addition to not it keeping you from well maybe not in addition, but it keeps you from beating yourself up. Mhm. When you're having those thoughts or when you do something that you probably look back and say, I shouldn't have done that. Exactly. To someone else or to yourself, hurt someone else or hurt yourself in some way. Yeah, that's going on in my mind all day. But rather than but and when it's happening, I'm aware that it's happening. So I'm not really as identified with with the content of what my mind is talking about. So my mind could be saying Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? You yeah. know you shouldn't do that. Yeah. You should have done that. So yeah. I'm aware of that. It's it's happening, and I can even name it. I'm I'm complaining. I'm judging myself right now. And then when I notice that, the practice is acknowledging and bringing my attention back to my breathing, or it can be bringing my attention back to music or voices. Whatever puts you in the moment. Whatever, whatever can connect me to right now in this moment. The type of meditation I do was uh, is transcendental meditation, um, where you focus on a mantra, and they say your mind will wonder, mm-hmm. and it's not for you to be concerned about. It's really bringing yourself back to your mantra that you're saying over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when I took the class, the instructor said, you know, the saying, um, I think before, therefore I am, or whatever the mm-hmm. saying is, but he says really a function of the human body is to think over and over again is to, your brain wants to be interested in something. So you are really the awareness validating that thought or choosing to let that thought go, uh, mm-hmm. just float on. Exactly. And so the idea of constantly gently returning your attention back to your breath or to a sound, to your body, or to, to a movement of your, of your hand or anything that can connect you with this moment. The, the idea is that the more that we do that, the greater of a non-judgmental awareness will begin to, to develop as our, our normal way of relating to life. So we start off by paying attention to what we're doing as we're doing it. And the more we refine that attention, the more awareness grows rather than attachment or or um, resistance to what's happening. Allowing is a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I got introduced it, introduced to the thought of allowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm afraid. And that's the why, law of attraction. That's why, that's why allowing doesn't, I'm not, yeah, allowing is hard for me too, but it's usually because I'm afraid. Like I want to be able to control some shit. Yeah, you're not the only one. That's that's everybody. Part of letting go is has to do with acknowledging that that we want to control, be in control, and the reality is like we can't. So, so when we when we come to the realization that everything is constantly changing, and it's constantly evolving. When we come to that realization, it's kind of like the grip can let go of of needing to be in control. And when that happens, we can breathe more clearly. Let me cash you for some advice real quick. Oh, shit. I usually don't try give push, advice. Try to push that door closer. No, go ahead, go ahead. All right, hold on. Well, Chris, I'll, all right. Ask your question. All right, I'm going to ask my question. Thank you. Um, I don't give advice, but... Something. Say something to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Please. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Um, if I believe that an action I'm going to take is the right thing, mm-hmm. but I'm concerned about how it's going to affect somebody that I care about. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hurt them. I don't want them to be angry with me. I don't want to look back and feel like I made the wrong mistake. I did the wrong thing. Yet, in my heart, I know that this is the right thing. At least in this moment, it feels like it's the right thing. I'm not uh, acting out of uh, because I'm angry I'm going to do this or because I'm afraid I'm going to do this or because I'm, you know, it's because... I genuinely think genuinely think this is the right move. 
However, I believe I know what, uh, how it's going to affect other people that are involved, involved in my decision. And so I don't make that decision. And I continue down the path that I'm on. And then I have experiences that I'm stressed about or uh, are emotionally draining or physically draining or, you know, so I'm, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm having, you know, I'm, I'm tired because maybe I'm learning that stress drains your energy. Um, what, I mean, fuck. <laughs> what do I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're saying be mindful, be present. And I, from what I learned, um, eventually I'll know what to do, right? Or I'll do something and I'll just be okay with whatever it is that I do. But again, it doesn't fit. It's, it sounds a lot easier than what it seems. It feels like it is in this moment, how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Don't give me advice, but say mm-hmm. some shit to make me feel better. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't practice mindfulness to get answers on how to fix stuff. I, get, I practice mindfulness to help me to be able to, to be with what is, to experience what's happening as it's happening. And so I, I, I want to highlight that because this practice is, is not really goal-oriented or or something that I do so that I can get more clarity about stuff. When I when I'm pausing and feeling my myself breathe in and out and maybe counting as I breathe in one and as I exhale maybe saying to myself silently two. When I'm doing that I'm not doing that so that I can get an answer from the universe or so that I can get clarity on how to fix anything. I'm doing that because I understand that the more I put that into repetition, repetition, then I will become a cut more accustomed to pausing and allowing in a broader context of my life as well. So it's 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 not prayer. You know, it's, it's not trying to receive something or communicating to something. It's actually a surrendering and letting go of all of that. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so that's what that's that's what's coming to my mind as you say that. Can I repeat that to you just to make sure I understand what it is you're saying? Mm-hmm. Basically, what I got that you said was it's not about for me anyway. It's not about figuring out what the right thing to do is doing whatever it is that i do and being okay with it exactly okay but that doesn't mean that you just do whatever you want to do and go out and harm people and just no 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 no. yeah and i understand that so so what i what i did learn is that uh if my intentions are good and if i practice mindfulness and the things that you're describing um I won't go out and do things to harm people because I would I'm I'm um understand my connectedness to everything and everyone. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to harm someone else, not intentionally anyway, because exactly. I'm connected to this person. Exactly. And if if and even what I'm saying now is not saying I want to go out and harm someone, it's saying I believe I need to do a thing, but my fear is that I will harm someone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that shit happens though. Like People have harmed me, and I know their intent wasn't to harm me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I'm okay, I'm okay with it as the person that was hurt. So mm-hmm. I, I I got you. I understand. I I have one final question. I believe you are African American, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I mindfulness is a form of meditation. Because I've been saying that, or am, am I correct or incorrect? Yeah, it, it can be. That's how it's usually approached. Yeah. So most of the time, I. I associate meditation with Buddhists. Mm-hmm. Um, what has your experience been with people across cultures? Yeah, one of the reasons that I, I, I really am an advocate for mindfulness is that 
mindfulness is a natural quality of being alive as a human being. Being aware is natural to being human. It's not something that is unique to a specific group of people who follow a specific religion or a set of belief systems or ethics or morals. Being aware is innate to all of us. The practice of mindfulness helps us to cultivate our ability to connect with that natural capacity to be aware more consciously. So I love it because Christians can practice mindfulness. Buddhists can practice mindfulness. Any people who don't identify with a religion can practice mindfulness. Atheists can practice mindfulness because it has nothing to do with believing in anything. Most of the time, religions, in order to actually be a part of them, most of the time there's, there's some encouragement to, to believe something, right? So mindfulness allows all of those things to, to exist, to be okay, without needing to, to take anybody away from all of those other things that they may believe to be also true about who they are in relation to um, spirituality or religion or, or no religion. We are close on time, mm-hmm. but it's important that I ask um, if there's anything you can give anyone who might be listening to this show, mm-hmm. um, including your contact information, yeah. What would you? But before we do that, just take some time and talk about your program because I know we introduced it in the beginning of the show. But yeah, so um, as you already said, I'm the co-founder and managing director of the Institute of African American Mindfulness, and this this organization was created out of the the vision to to bring um, opportunities for for people of color and particularly African Americans in D.C. in the 7th and 8th Ward of D.C. to have access to, to learn about and practice these, these principles um, that we're talking about here today. So we, we provide community-based programming for, for, for schools, social services, um, organizations, religious, non-religious organizations um, to help these, to support people's capacity to to live mindfully together and to support their ability to to thrive. And you can you can find us you can check us out on www.iaam-dc.org and you can check out my personal website at www.rashidhughes.com r a s h i d h u g h e s.com Have you been getting positive results from the work that you're doing? Yeah, we get a lot of positive results. Like what? A lot of people have just talked about and, and, sh- and shared about how, how they can see the benefit of, of just stopping and pausing mm-hmm. and, and, and how that creates a sense of, of ease in their life. And, uh, and we've also gotten a lot of results about how people are beginning to, to, see, to see how self-love is, is very instrumental in one's ability to thrive and to heal. And mindfulness supports both of those. Um, supports both of those. Mr. Hughes, I thank you for joining us today. Um, one thing I definitely will take from this show is allowing mm-hmm. myself, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, but I think you've given it more importance because I kind of understand that if I'm kind to myself that way, it's a little easier to be kind to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you, Mr. Francis. I felt like you had a lot of uh, anxiety yeah, or lot frustration. To get out. That's today. good, yeah, though, man. Yeah, that's it good. is. And I felt a lot of what you're saying, too, man. I, I do. <laughs> yeah, so I'm definitely glad, Rashid, you came. Because for me, I know feeling like I wanted to get back to a place mm-hmm. was probably uh, a barrier for me just starting. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Yeah, you know, it's like, I guess, having an injury and you're like a world-class ball player 
and you can't jump. You just got to do set shots all day. You get frustrated. Like, I don't want to do this shit. I could fly. But, you know, you got to crawl before you can fly again. So. And one thing, the last thing, because I know we got, we're short on time, that I want to just highlight is that mindfulness is something that can be carried into every activity that we do in life. It's not just sitting at home or in a quiet space with, uh, with our feet, you know, in the lotus position with no noise around us and we're blissed out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's, that's not what I'm, I'm highlighting here. I'm highlighting eating and being aware of the fact that we're eating and actually tasting our food. Sitting down and actually being aware of the fact of what it feels like for my body to be sitting on a chair. Walking and actually being aware of what it feels like for my feet to touch the ground. Breathing and being aware of what it feels like for my body to breathe in and to breathe out. Rasheed Hughes. Thank you for joining us, Windows Seat, broadcasting on Full Service Radio. Oh, this is our last show of the season, right, Jack? Strong way to close the year, I was just about to say. All right, so thank you for being our final final guest for our uh, third season. Yeah. And um, thank you guys for joining us. Yep. Cheers. Peace. Full Service Radio.